The Power Zone Sports Podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is to beat the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is safe. Green runs in This is the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome in Powers on Sports Podcast Thanksgiving Week Edition. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Hope everybody's having a good Thanksgiving week so far. Hopefully, everybody, if you've been listening to this after Thursday, hopefully everybody had a peaceful and uh, enjoyable Thanksgiving. And remember, for those, not everybody will get to have a will get to have had a great Thanksgiving. So. Please be thankful for what you do have and all the blessings that you are experiencing, no matter how high or um, excited you are. So a lot of people out there that are that are suffering and not not had the pleasure in, of having a Thanksgiving like maybe you got to have. So be thinking of others around you as well. So We've got a good podcast for you this week. We are going to talk to Jeff Colhane, the play-by-play voice of the Florida State Seminoles. We're going to preview the Florida State-Florida game. We're going to talk the big implications of the Jordan Travis injury, how that affects Florida State potentially for the college football playoff, who is who is Tate Rodemaker, the new starting quarterback at Florida State, and will he, will he have enough uh, – ammunition to get Florida State over the finish line here to beat Florida and potentially beat Louisville in the ACC title game. So got a lot to talk about. Again, Thanksgiving week, um, games galore throughout the weekend, uh, throughout the weekend games starting on Thursday. You're going to have NFL and college games Thursday, NFL and college games Friday. Remember, this will be the first Friday NFL Black Friday game ever on Amazon. You're going to have the Jets and the Dolphins. You have a full slate of games on Saturday, colleges, rivalries, uh, conference title bursts on the line, uh, CFP, major college football playoff implications on the line throughout uh, the country uh, in the various spots, Michigan, Ohio State. You got Tulane, UTSA, Florida State, Florida, Washington State, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, You know, you got lots and lots of players. permutations that could happen that could have major impact on the college football playoff. Obviously, we are getting to the heart of the uh, NFL season, the final kind of third of the year for most everybody. Most everybody has six or seven games left, so we are getting to the nut-crunching time of the National Football League. The coaching carousel is going to be underway here as well, and the college football as well. But before we get to those topics, I want to hit on three anniversaries that are this week. Uh, Thanksgiving week, it's hard to believe we've, we've gotten this three anniversaries that are, that are of major significance. First off, 60th anniversary of John F. Kennedy's assassination, 1963 in Dallas. Hard to believe it's 60 years 
Um, obviously, I'm not 60 years old, so I was not around, but my father was, my mom was. So just a, a moment in the in history of the United States of America that will never be forgotten would be is the obviously the <clears throat> tragic assassination of John F. Kennedy in Dallas on the motorcade. You know, if you're interested in uh, some great documentaries that are out there, both on TV and, and, and Netflix and those kind of things. I know National Geographic did a, has done a great three-part documentary that, that I need to watch on Kennedy, but there's tons of, of Kennedy documentaries out there can, outlining that, that entire day and all the scenarios surrounding who did it, who could have done it, why did they do it, and all those things. Um that was that that of that singular event was probably the start of the conspiracy the major conspiracy theory element that is uh, per, uh, percolated through the country, and just so many different opinions and speculation of 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 conspiracies of, of who did it was it a mob hit was it the government was it the had to do with uh, you know who knows but just. Tons and tons of coverage of the 60th anniversary of Kennedy's assassination. Hard to believe it's been 60 years. Second one I want to hit on is 1984. It's the 39th anniversary on Friday, Black Friday, of the Doug Flutie Hail Mary at Miami, the Boston College Miami Hail Mary 1984. I remember uh, watching that game as an 11-year-old on CBS, Musburger and Era Parsegian. Remember, you had the Hurricanes uh, were in the heyday, just come off their national championship in 83. You had Doug Flutie, Bernie Kosar, and you had the miracle finish in the Orange Bowl late uh, late afternoon, early evening on Friday. Uh, it was just a shootout kind of thing. I think the final score was 48-45 or something like that, where Flutie threw the Hail Mary to Gerard Phelan, and that, uh, that pass finalized and clinched the Heisman Trophy for Doug. It obviously created the lore of Doug Flutie uh, moving forward in the NFL and all his greatness throughout his college career and such. It's just a hard to believe. <clears throat> hard to believe it's been 39 years since that uh, <clears throat> that week anniversary of that play. <clears throat> Excuse me. So from a from a football perspective, if you are if you're if you're anywhere in the 45 to 50 year old range, you remember that play from '84. Again, I just remember watch. I remember watching the game. Uh, you know, that was one of my, you know, initial really, really big moments of college football lore of is watching Flutie uh, throw the Hail Mary to Gerard Phelan in the Orange Bowl in Miami. So last anniversary I want to hit on is the hard to believe another another miracle play in the lore of college football. This one involves the Iron Bowl. Ten years ago, 2013, was the famous kick six uh, play at Auburn where Chris Davis of Auburn runs the missed field goal, the 56-57 yard field goal from Alabama back 109 yards um, for a touchdown on the last play of the game. If you remember, there was some controversy of did Alabama get out of bounds in time. The replay official put one second back on the clock uh, in the game. Remember, it was a tie game, fourth quarter. Alabama comes out and tries to kick the 57-58 yard field goal. And it comes up short, and then Chris Davis goes up the left sideline. Uh, if you ever want to hear a great call, go on to YouTube and listen to the Auburn 
to the Auburn play-by-play guy, uh, Rod Bramlett, and my guy Stan White, who I know used to play in my flag football league. Stan White was the play, uh, the analyst for Auburn, uh, Auburn football for many, many years. Uh, and Stan used to play in my flag football league up in uh, Birmingham. And Stan White was a very accomplished quarterback at Auburn during his career and played in the NFL a few years. But uh, and, he, and he played in my flag football league, by the way. Uh, but uh, the the acclaimed call of Rod Bramlett on the call, and he had Vern Lundquist on the CBS call with Danielson. Two unbelievable calls. Uh, again, one of the wildest finishes you've ever seen in your life. I remember Alabama was was on their way to uh, uh, Auburn was Auburn was uh, on their way to trying to win a national title. They had just beaten Georgia a week before with the two weeks before with the with the uh, uh, Jordan Hare miracle with the double tip pass against Georgia. If you remember that. So they had two of the wildest finishes in college football history and within a two-week period in the same stadium involving Auburn. But definitely go back and check that out. I remember I'm sitting in my buddy Ray Henderson's uh, man cave in his house in Birmingham. We're watching the game, and Ray's a huge Alabama fan. And we are just sitting there in absolute disbelief when Chris Davis goes 109 yards at the gun to win the game. And I just remember, I mean, me and Ray's a huge Alabama fan and just the absolute stunning disbelief that we saw because of the national championship implications, the way the game ended, the, 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 the un, you know, skating up the sidelines and all that stuff, just unbelievable uh, finish there in the, in the Iron Bowl uh there so un- hard to believe it's been already been 10 years since that happened but i remember sitting in ray henderson's uh, man cave on that on that saturday watching that finish uh watching that game from from start to finish and then obviously the, the unbelievable finish so three great anniversaries this week and of uh football uh drama and, and uh, two football things and obviously president kennedy being assassinated so all right let's go to the nfl Injury, quarterback injuries seem to be a major theme in the NFL as we've gone through about 12 weeks of the year. Tons of QB injuries, Cousins, Rodgers, Burrow, Deshaun Watson. Um, major injuries are, 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 are creating the narratives that we have now and obviously helping create some of the uh, <clears throat> positioning. We had the classic game. on. We had a very good game Monday night, Kansas City and Philadelphia in Kansas City. Philly escapes uh, Arrowhead with a W after uh, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling, a USF guy from down here in Tampa, drops the long bomb from Mahomes, uh, which in the in the, in the waning moment in the last minute, minute minute three left in the game would have put Kansas City ahead, but kind of a just a very good football game. It was a, it was a it wasn't a, it wasn't a classic, wasn't an all timer, but just a really good solid game. Both teams are really good. Kansas City need to get their their receiver situation shored up. Too many drops and such. Um, and can they find an answer if Kelsey if Kelsey's taken out of the game? That's the question with Kansas City. Still not great out of Philadelphia. Just enough to get it done, but that offense is a little sporadic. Still not on the same octane levels they were last year. Remember, two new coordinators in Philadelphia. OC and DC left to be head, come head coaches. They got two new coordinators, but give the Eagles credit to win in a very tough game in a tough environment in Phil, in, in Kansas City on Monday night. Um, coordinator change in Pittsburgh. Matt Canada finally, finally, finally gets canned in, in, in Pittsburgh after all the struggles with that Pittsburgh offense. 
Uh, we'll it will be interesting to see what if they make any schematic changes uh, with the new. You know, it, it's an in, it's an in-house promotion of of new a new play call, but there's only so much you can do here at this stage. But it'll be interesting to see if they can get a little uh, bolt uh, a little bolt of energy and a little bolt of uh, a little boost of. Uh, Better offensive play. You knew he was doomed on Sunday when when the when the guys in the locker room came out and really publicly called out the offense. You heard Najee Harris's comments and such, so you knew that had to be done. Uh, but again, uh, Matt Canada out in Pittsburgh. Uh, Zach Wilson finally being sent to the pasture in New York. Um, you just couldn't keep rolling that guy out there. That guy was an absolute uh, disaster with the Jets as they got destroyed by Buffalo, who just made a coordinator change to Joe Brady. Remember, Joe Brady was the was the architect of that LSU offense uh, when they won the national title with Burrow. <coughs> so Joe, <coughs> Joe Brady's now the new OC in Buffalo. After one week, they had a good start against the Jets, beat them very soundly and just a little bit. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And a couple interesting games on the NFL docket this week. you got Buffalo going to Philadelphia, which is a very interesting game. Again, you have a, three games on Thursday with the Thanksgiving. you got the Friday game in New York with the Dolphins and the Jets. And then you got the Sunday games. A very interesting game in the AFC South. Jacksonville goes to Houston. Very much uh, some division title hopes in on the line. If Jacksonville wins that game, they're probably they're going to win the division. But if Houston wins that game, look out. The, the Texans are surging with the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, Nathaniel Dell at wide receiver. Uh, and so, and then a huge game for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes to Cincinnati. Remember, first week after Joe Burrow being done, Jake Browning's taken over for Burrow. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then you have the what's going to happen in New England. Is Mac Jones going to get benched for Bailey Zappi? And then, or is it going to? Are they going to go potentially go to Will Greer as well? Then you have a very interesting game in Denver. Cleveland goes to Denver. DTR wins that game last week against the Steelers, against Russell Wilson, who all of a sudden they're in the playoff hunt. And then you have San. Uh, then you have the Chargers and the Ravens on Sunday night, a must-win game for the Chargers if they have any hopes. Brandon Staley is living on a, on a thread here. Uh, another brutal loss last week in Green Bay. <coughs> The vultures are surrounding Brandon Staley. I would be, you know, if they lose this game, it wouldn't shock me if he lost his job after this on Sunday. If they were to lose Sunday night to Baltimore, would not shock me if they made a move to Kellen Moore to be the interim coach for the remainder of the year. Uh, so this is basically a a, a uh, Armageddon game for the Chargers as they host the Ravens on Sunday night, and then you have Chicago, Minnesota Monday night. So there's your NFL update. I'm going to give you three picks. For the weekend, as soon as I finish talking a couple college football points, uh, obviously college football, the, 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 this is the, uh, you know, you got the showdown, Ohio State and Michigan in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Harbaugh still suspended. This is his last game of his suspension. Uh, um, I, I'm pretty convinced this will be the last year he's in Ann Arbor, whether he wins the title or not. I think the loser of this game is out. Uh, Ohio State comes in as about a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Ann Arbor. A little bit of nervousness out of Michigan last week at, at Maryland. The offense, especially the passing game, has been non-existent the last couple of weeks. And I, I worry about that against Ohio State, who's got a pretty good defense. Um, they're not going to be able to run the ball 30 straight times against uh, against Ohio State like they did in previous games. McCarthy's going to have to make some plays. Their offensive tackles for Michigan is an issue. So that's one thing to look out for if you're watching that game is how are, how is Michigan helping protect McCarthy? 
Are they having to keep extra guys in, the tight end, the chip, running backs into chip to, to help those tackles because the tackles have struggled at pass protection? And Ohio State does have two very good edge rushers. So that's a key to this game. And Trevion Henderson, the, the running back for Ohio State, has been playing better and better the last month, finally healthy. That's another key to this game. Can Ohio State run the ball and stay balanced to not have to throw the ball 40 times with Kyle McCord? You still have Marvin Harrison Jr. out, out wide, who's the uh, consensus All-American number one receiver in the, in the, in the, uh, in the country. He's a, he's a big play threat on any given play, and you know Day's going to take his shots with, with Marvin Harrison. He will not neglect Marvin Harrison in this game. You can be assured of that. Harrison will probably get at least 10 targets in this game, um, and they will they will push the ball down the field, put some pressure on that Michigan defense in those corners with Marvin Harrison Jr. How will Florida State react following uh, Jordan Travis's gruesome injury last week in Tallahassee? Tate Rodemaker takes over for uh, for Jordan Travis. You're going to hear Jeff Colhane here in just a couple of minutes talk about how he thinks the offense might be different or not different, how he thinks the, uh, the Rodemaker will fit in uh, to this team. And the, the narrative around this game is how does the Florida State offense look to the college football playoff committee? If they struggle in this game and they struggle and they struggle and win this game and struggle and win against Louisville, but the offense is very unproductive, that will give the CFP committee the ammunition potentially to keep out a 13-0 Florida State team. But if that offense is competent, they score 20 to 28 points both weeks. I think if, they, if Florida State wins both those games and they score, you know, mid-20s or above, I think the Florida State team at 13-0 will not be denied a spot in the college football playoff, even with Rodemaker at quarterback. I think Rodemaker's going to do a good job for them. Uh, he, he's got a really good arm. He, uh, you know, he's got plenty of weapons to, to deal with. Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, good running backs, good offensive line. He's got plenty of weapons. He just needs to be a point guard and a distributor. Um, he doesn't need to be Superman. The one thing I think you will not see in the Florida State offense here in these next two weeks you will not see any design quarterback runs because you, you know you cannot risk the opportunity and the possibility that Rodemaker were to get injured on a quarterback designed run uh, because you can't you don't have a third guy that's going to be able to come in. So I think that element of the offense will be gone. Not that they did that a bunch with Travis anyway, but I think that element of the offense will be completely eliminated uh, out of the game plan these next two weeks. But I do think Florida State's going to find a way. But again, you'll hear Jeff Colhane give a good preview of the Florida Florida State game and what he thinks of Tate Rodemaker's uh, abilities at, at the quarterback position. So the only change in the CFP rankings. Washington moved up from five to four. And again, I don't think it was a product of, of Travis getting injured. I think it was more of a product of Washington winning another tough game at Oregon State. Penix just keeps finding a way to get it done. They got Washington State this week. I think they'll win that game. And then you got the showdown with Oregon next Friday night in the Pac-12 title game. The rematch. Remember, Washington beat Oregon earlier in the year by three points up in Seattle. Great game. Uh, and I think you'll see uh, the interesting thing is, will there be an upset? Will Texas falter? Will, you know, uh, again, Texas is vulnerable. Will Florida State falter? Again, the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, are they completely out of the running? I think they are. I think the loser's out um, of the CFP consideration because there's too many other teams um, behind them that are, that have that have that that are going to be able to keep them from from staying in this race with one loss and not winning and not getting to a conference title game scenario. So 
Uh, and, and what is Harbaugh's future at Michigan after this game, win or lose? Is he going to stay, potentially? Is he going to leave? I think he's gone. I think he's going to go to the NFL, um, which is going to you know, ratchet up the coaching carousel even more. you got the Texas A&M job. Syracuse is open. Potentially could Florida be open if, if Florida State beats them convincingly to send Florida to their fifth consecutive loss. Billy Napier could be in some trouble, even though he's been pretty competitive the last three or four weeks. You know, outside of the Georgia game, he was pretty competitive at LSU. Lost a heartbreaker at Missouri last week, but he better not get blown out by Florida State in the swamp on Saturday night. Or again, there'll be there'll, there'll be some major questions to be asked and be considered in Gainesville. Is is Billy Napier the guy? I think he's going to survive, but if he gets blown out, that that narrative could easily change on Sunday morning with the gate with the Gator uh, faithful and the Gator uh, uh, boosters and such. So <clears throat> keep an eye on that. Uh, and, you're, and again, you will see the coaching carousel really heat up next week. You'll see some other guys get relieved. Be interesting to see what Texas A&M does because remember, UTSA plays Tulane. The winner goes to the conference title game, and a lot of people think the UTSA coach uh, is a strong candidate for to be the Texas A&M coach. So we'll see how that unfolds and that plays out. If, especially if UTSA loses and doesn't make the conference title game, you could see something happen there, or is. A&M going to be, uh, are they going to be fishing for a monster, a big whale uh, type, big name, a big name to come in there. So um, be interesting to see where they decide to go. Um, so there, there's your games. You go, there's your college football. There's your NFL. Uh, a lot of college basketball going on this week as well. Uh, a lot of these holiday tournaments. You have a lot of good games out in Maui at the Maui Classic. Remember, they're, you know, uh, they're not playing in Maui due to the, to the fires. So they're playing in Honolulu this year. But, again, you have a lot of a great great slate of games. Marquette, Purdue, Tennessee, some good battles out there. you got uh, a lot of holiday tournaments going on, a lot of good matchups and such. So definitely uh, plenty to watch on the television throughout the weekend, whether it's college football, NFL, college hoops and such. And what is your <clears throat> Thanksgiving go-to? For me, it's... Creamy, buttery mashed potatoes, a little green green bean casserole. I don't need a ton of turkey. I'll eat I'll eat some turkey, but I won't have plates and plates full of turkey. I like a lot of the sides, the green bean casserole, the the mashed potatoes, a little uh, little sweet potato pie casserole stuff, uh, things like that. I, again, I'm not a huge turkey eater, but I'll you know I'll eat some. But um, what are your uh, go-tos on Thanksgiving. You want to send me a photo of your Thanksgiving feast, send it to me at JPO Sports on Twitter or X at JPO. Love to see your 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 uh, your, your pictures of your Thanksgiving uh, feast. What's your favorites? Um, who is your rivalry? What's what's the team you follow? Uh, how how invested are you in the in rivalry weekend this week for your team, whether it's college or the NFL? Reach out to love to hear from you at JPO Sports. Um, again, you can go to the YouTube channel if you want to see the video, our video interview with Jeff Colhane. Uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel, and all the video content. I had Charlie Ward on, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner, 30th anniversary coming up next week, a couple weeks of Charlie winning the Heisman Trophy. I had a really good in depth interview with Charlie a couple weeks back. Go to all the, any of the archives of all the old. Um, all of our older episodes, video content and such, all there on the Jason Power Sports Channel. 
all the video. Jeff Colhane's interview is going to be up there as well, so definitely check that out. And again, appreciate you finding us. Let's give you three picks for the weekend. Uh, if you like to invest a little bit, I like Ohio State plus the three and a half on Saturday in Ann Arbor. I'd probably buy it up to four. In the in the uh, NFL, I'd do a two-team teaser, tease San Francisco and tease Kansas City, six points. I like those two teams together in a teaser. And I also like in the... Uh, in the uh, in the NFL, like Minnesota Monday night against laying three and a half at home against the Chicago Bears, a must-win game for Minnesota. Um, Chicago gagged last week up in Detroit, blew a 12-point lead with four minutes to go. But I like Minnesota at home Monday night, laying the three and a half with Josh Dobbs, Kevin O'Connell, Justin Jefferson might be back. We don't know yet, but I think Minnesota will get it done at home, laying the three and a half against the Chicago Bears. Uh, those are my three picks for you as well. So, all right, enjoy uh, my chat with Jeff Colhane, Florida State uh, Seminoles play-by-play voice for football and basketball. We're going to give you a good, uh, good, good twenty-minute spot with him, previewing all things Florida, Florida State, Tate Rodemaker, college football playoff, and all the such. So, thanks for appreciate you finding us on the podcast, and we will be right back with Jeff Colhane. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a, a single family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, and we will get you to, in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. As we roll into the holiday season of November and December, and you are looking to either buy a gift or potentially go in person to see your favorite NFL game, college football, Major League Baseball, the World Series is wrapping up, NHL season is just underway, and now the NBA. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go for tickets on the secondary market. Whether it's the app, the Ticketsmarter.com app, it is the ideal place to buy tickets on the secondary market. And I've got a special code for you to save you some money. Powers10 is the code. Use Powers10 if you want to save 10 bucks on a purchase of $100 or more. Or you can use the code Powers20 and save $20 on a $300 purchase. Again, you can use this code as many times as you like all over the country, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the college football season wrapping up, bowl games, college football playoff, Whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com and the Ticket Smarter app is the place to go. I appreciate you finding us back on the podcast. Remember, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. It is rivalry week in the world of college football, and we've got an ele- the announcer for an 11-0 team, top five rated team in America, a team that is on the brink of a perfect season, potentially already qualified for their championship game in the ACC. 
the play-by-play voice of the Florida State uh, Seminoles Radio Network, basketball, football, soccer, getting ready to has a huge game this week. Mr. Jeff Colhane, welcome back to the podcast, sir. Jason, how are you doing? It's great to talk to you, and happy Thanksgiving to to you, your family, and everybody out there. We're uh, we're excited for a big weekend coming up. You got a very busy week in Florida State athletics. You had a uh, earlier in the week. You guys had a tremendous uh, basketball win. You won the little Florida a little tournament here in the state of Florida. You beat upset number eighteen Colorado. Give us a little uh, give us a little perspective of the uh, nice win for the Seminoles. Yeah, Jason, I'm just really happy for the guys. You know, as you know, and and anybody that's played, when you go through tough times. You know, it, it it affects you mentally more than it does physically. And so uh, you're trying to recapture that winning culture under Leonard Hamilton. And uh, I can tell you, these guys wanted this really badly. And coming off the Florida game last Friday where it did not go well, we were I was very interested to see how this team would respond. You hear Mike Norvell talk about response all the time with this football team. Well, Leonard Hamilton's basketball team responded uh, in a big-time way, like the Coach Ham teams that – we've grown accustomed to uh, before the last couple of years, which I know have been tough. So uh, still not 100% healthy, you know, still trying to get you know, all their guys at their disposal. And Cameron Corrin, uh, talented sophomore big man, got hurt uh, in the game as well and was not available. So shorthanded and got it done against a really good Colorado team that Tad Boyle, their head coach, feels like is his most talented he's ever had in his 14 seasons in Boulder. So Really happy for those guys to taste some success. Now let's bottle that up and uh, keep it rolling moving forward. If they can do that and play the way they did the last couple of days, it's always the challenge in a long season. This is a team that's going to give some people some problems. And on another front in in athletics, got a huge showdown on Friday for the women's soccer team. Quarterfinal matchup in the NCAA tournament. Home game. If they win, they go to the uh, Final Four of women's soccer. I know they Florida State the last numerous years has been a perennial power in women's soccer. Give a little update on the uh, the soccer program. Well, it's a special group, and these these gals are on a mission. Uh, I tell you, you you, know, you talk about uh, winning ways, and I, I know we talk a ton of football, and rightly so. But man, Florida State soccer is elite, and Brian Penske in his two years here has you know, continued uh, the high level of success and expectations. And this has been the number one team in the country for over half the season now. Uh, And they destroyed a Texas squad 5-0 on Sunday night. They have a night, they have a big challenge. Pitt coming in, Pitt is the team, I think, that really pushed Florida State the most uh, at home this year. And so that was a 3-2 win in ACC play. This will be a great match. Uh, I'm excited for these uh, young women. They are tremendous at what they do. Joe Echeghini is a star. Uh, I think you'll see her playing on a professional stage at a high level. Uh, And Jordan Dudley, as a true freshman, she just looks different than everybody else does. So there's a lot of great players. I've only named two. Christina Roque, great in goal. Uh, All the best to Brian Penske as they take on Pitt Friday for a chance at the College Cup. Give the audience a little perspective of what Florida State and the athletic department does in general. You, this time of the year, you got women's basketball, men's basketball, women's soccer, football, a bunch of different teams where those kids can't go home for the holidays. They're having to stay in Tallahassee, 
be around their team. They got business to take care of. Talk about what some of the things that some of the different coaches and the athletic department is, in general does to take care of these guys and ladies during these holiday periods when it's sometimes tough emotionally not to be around your family. There's no nine to five hours, Jason. Uh, you know how it goes. And anybody that's been in athletics this time of year knows how it goes. It's, uh, it's a crossover month. Uh, there's, uh, you know, you kiss your wife and kids and you say, honey, I'll see you in the uh, middle of December probably is the, the time when it might slow down a little bit for you. So um, you have a lot of things happening at once. Uh, I want to mention Florida State Volleyball. Chris Poole and company will play for a chance at a share of an ACC championship Saturday afternoon at home against, uh, against the Notre Dame. So uh, they've had an, an unbelievable year on a top 25 team. They've been tremendous. So a lot of great success. The brand is very strong. Great leadership at the top with Michael Alford and his entire administrative team. You got, you got a great crew there. And it, and it trickles down from the administration into marketing and sports info, uh, facilities. A lot of people are working a lot of hours, sem you know, seminal production, seminal sports properties, and, of course, the teams and coaches. So truly a team effort. And uh, you try and work in the same direction to move things uh, down the right path. All right, let's get to the main event here. Saturday night in Gainesville at the Swamp. Uh, we'll do a little pre, a little recap of obviously the the, the terrible uh, events uh, with with Jordan Travis in the North Alabama game. Just give the audience that, that maybe the obviously people that weren't in the building just the what the thought was the moment every, obviously you guys, I was listening to the broadcast and once bar none saw the replay, we all knew what it was, that it wasn't good. Just talk about the, 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 the silence that went over that stadium when, when everybody kind of knew what it was. Yeah, Jason, it was, it was tragic. Uh, I'm not trying to be dramatic. It really was. It was a tragedy. Uh, and it's not how that story was supposed to end for Jordan Travis. Um, I can understand, you know, even even if, you know, some guys may not be the best guys, right, that play, especially, you know, football and, and there's emotion and, and testosterone and some guys are bad guys. Like, you have to have some of those guys, not this kid. And I call it, he's a, you know, he's a man. Jordan Travis is a man uh, with the way he handles himself, you know, the way he treats people, uh, the way he leads what he's gone through, he very easily, we know the story by now, he very easily could have left, gone somewhere else, switched positions. Um, he he believed. He persevered. He said yes to Mike Norvell. And, uh, you know, I feel for those two guys because of the amount of work they put in together right. over the last four years, right? So uh, some people have said it's the quietest they've ever heard Doe Campbell Stadium. Uh, some people go back to wide right one. And that moment, uh, but you had the Miami fans in the stadium that were obviously making noise. And so it wasn't it wasn't completely silent. This was completely silent. Uh, there was no noise. And the air got sucked out of the building. Um, and to no surprise, after you hear what Mike Norvell said about when he was talking to Jordan on the field, you know, Jordan was thinking about other people. He was thinking about his parents. Right. Um, he said he was good. He said, coach, I'm good. You know, I'm I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. Let my parents know I'm okay. I mean, that's unbelievable. Right. It's amazing. So it's uh, it's another example of how you never know. And, you know, the, the cliche of this could be, you know, you're one play away or, or, you know, you never know when your last play is. When coaches say that, this is a prime reminder 
expect that you got to be ready on the back end of it. And then when you play, don't take it for granted. And um, you just hate to see it because Jordan Travis is a great person, a great young man, and also had so much out ahead of him in the short term of the season here at the end. All right, let's let's get to Tate Rodemaker who, who comes in and fills in for him. Obviously, at the again, people don't people forget Florida State was down thirteen nothing at the moment he goes out. It was you know on the it wasn't they probably weren't going to lose, but it wasn't trending well the first quarter or so there in Tallahassee. And uh, give Rodemaker credit, he came in, played well, righted the ship there. Obviously, the emotion got back into the building once they realized Jordan was going to be okay, and it was you know they they knew they were losing him, but. They had to take care of business. You couldn't let this derail six months and eight months of great work. So give us a little background on Tate Rodemaker. We know a little bit about him. If you follow Florida State, he came in last year, played really well in the Louisville game, kind of bailed out the Seminoles when Jordan got hurt in that game. Give us a little background on Tate Rodemaker. And he's been in this program three or four years. He knows this system very well. He was one of Norvell's first recruits. So it's a guy Norvell trusts. Yeah, you laid it all out perfectly right there, Jason. I think the game for me was Louisville a year ago. I, I knew they were going to beat North Alabama. Um, he was going to come in and perform. He, he is he's he's a very talented young man, huge arm, NFL arm. Uh, you're obviously going to notice a difference from a, an escapability standpoint. He's still capable, but there aren't many that are Jordan moving around, and so that's going to be a difference, obviously, and and his awareness uh, in the pocket and trying to to feel the pass rush coming and getting away to extend plays. He's capable of running. He can, you know, he's, he's more athletic than you believe him to be. Uh, he can do it there. The question everybody's asked me is, is he good enough to, to win the next two? And the answer is yes. Yeah. He is good enough to lead this team to win the next two. Is it going to look uh, dominant for, for 60 minutes over the next two weeks? Probably not. Because we're playing at Florida, and it's one of the great rivalries in college football, regardless of the records. And you're playing a Louisville team that's a top-10 team and having yeah. a great year. So it's it's not going to be easy. But nothing that is greatly achieved ever is, right? Even the 93 team suffered a loss. Yep. It had to go through some – had to go to Florida and play a great Florida team and came out of the, the, the swamp with a, a big win, as you know, Jason. So – um, it's, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be wild on Saturday, uh, take and do it. And, you know, I, I, I think the other item that we need to talk about, we're talking all about tape. Florida state's defense is playing unbelievably well. Uh, they are taking the ball away. They've done so. And essentially, uh, you know, uh, on my notes in front of me, but like 13 of the last 14 games, whatever it's been, um, they can get to the quarterback. And Florida has a backup quarterback in this game as well. And Max right. Brown, a young man who's a dual threat guy. Uh, Graham Mertz was leading the SEC in completion percentage. So he's having a good enough year for them. Probably better than what people thought he was going to have this season. So uh, Florida State defensively, I look to that group. Uh, Adam Fuller has done an unbelievable job. Semi-finalist for the Broyles Award for the top assistant coach in college football. Uh, that's the group I think that can really lead this team and pace it uh, to help it out and help relieve some of the stress on the offense. Offensively, do you anticipate less QB run RPO kind of stuff because of, one, you don't want to put Rodemaker in danger of you don't want to have to think about a third guy. Do you think that part of the, the game plan changes a little bit these next two weeks? Well, I, I don't know if we were doing that a lot anyway, to be honest with you, Jason. I mean, I know that the 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 threat was there. 
with Jordan, right? But Jordan wasn't really, and that's the also the sadly ironic part about this was he he gets hurt on on RPO, and we haven't done a lot of that this year. A right. lot of it's been him in the pocket, going progression, yeah, yeah, eluding and extending plays. We have not done a lot of run pass option uh, with him this year, and so I I would I would sense you're going to see a lot of the same things we do with Tate. You know, that Jordan has done. Um, you know, the threat is different, right? But uh, again, he is more than capable than than I think what people give him credit for. Uh, and he's won a lot of games. You know, high school he played for his dad. He's a coach's son. Put up huge numbers at Valdosta High. He's a high school teammate at Jaheim Bell. So those guys have great connection. Watch out for that. Uh, set, you know, set up the next two weeks. Um, so w- we'll see how the offense changes. But I would assume, knowing Mike Norvell, that I don't think he's going to change a whole lot. He knows what, what Tate is great at. He's going to play to his strengths and, and do what uh, needs to be done to get him comfortable and finding a rhythm throwing him. So we're recording this Wednesday, just after Tuesday night when the new rankings come out. Florida State drops from four to five. I think that's more of a product of Washington than it was a Florida State injury, personally. And I think there's still plenty. I think if Florida State wins the next two, they're in no matter what happens. I don't think they're going to keep out a 13-0 ACC champion Florida State brand out of the playoff. That's just me personally, and I think they've got enough good wins on the resume to, to justify that. How do you think my coach is going to – he's not going to publicly say this, but how do you think he's going to behind the scenes play this up of everybody thinks we can't do it now or everybody thinks our leader's out? How do you think coach coach plays that up amongst the, the entire team? You know, that's a good question. Um, I, I honestly think that these guys are so – focused on today getting better and then they're going to focus on thursday getting better and then on friday and then they're going to go play florida um he may use it i, I don't know if I, i'm not sure what his message will be he it's, it's definitely there i mean look yeah I, I players know the players yeah. were all watching last night everybody oh, yeah. yeah they they know and and so from that standpoint, uh, yeah, I, I think it can be used as motivation. There's no question. But these guys are so locked in, Jason, that they're aware of the situation. They're aware of what's in front of them. Um, you know, they know how close they are, but they, they got to do it Saturday. And so that I think that's the thing that, that Mike Norvell has done an amazing job of with his message within this program. These guys don't look ahead. Uh, they're not thinking about Charlotte. They're not thinking about January 1. They're literally thinking about today. Uh, and then, you know, uh, you have to be ready. Uh, one of the things he said, and it's really, it's it's so true, is don't allow yourself to not focus on the main thing and regret missing something at the end of the day. And I think this group is so focused and and wanting to not have that regret that they're going to do whatever they have to do to, to figure it out here and, and to win in, in Gainesville and win against Louisville uh, in Charlotte. And so um, definitely motivated. You can definitely, you know, use what you need to use on the outside. But uh, I think these guys don't – I think they're so locked into their own message, Jason, that they don't really care what everybody else says. They know how good they are and how good they can be, and they're going to do what they can to win these next two. All right, from a personal perspective for you, how cool is it for you? I mean, you've been you've you've done some big games at North Dakota and all that, but how cool is it going to be for you knowing you're going to be calling an 11 and 0 team got a chance to go to the college football playoff? 
this is the big time. This is big time ball here from a play by play guy's perspective, the atmosphere and the energy and the, from your perspective, the motivation to do a great job on Saturday with you and bar none and the whole broadcast. Yeah. Well, I'm fired up. Yeah. I'm fired up. I, I'd be lying to you if you said I wasn't, uh, I wasn't juiced up for this one, man. Uh, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, uh, the great Gene Deckerhoff called how many of these games right. uh, over the decades. And so I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, so uh, fortunate, blessed to be a part of a group that has put everyone in a position around them to be associated with something like this, right? You know, it's the players, it's the coaches. Those guys have been just unbelievable to be around this year. And so, yeah, I'm I'm revved up. You know, we just got back from Daytona Beach last night from uh, from hoops. And so, you know, I've been looking at a few things, but I'm I'm full go today, man. I, I told Sarah, my wife, I said, hey. <laughs> I got some football stuff to do today, so we're we're locked in. We're gonna we're gonna mix in a little uh, Thanksgiving dinner Thursday, and then we're back to it and uh, hit the road Saturday morning to get down to uh, enemy territory. What's Jeff Colhane's favorite Thanksgiving side dish or main course? What is Jeff? What's the go-to in the Colhane household? Jeff call for me. It's stuffing and just load up the gravy, man. It's Park <laughs> City, and I'm the mayor. I mean, I I don't I don't care. I don't, you know, I'm not discriminatory in any way. Give me all. I'm going for seconds if I can. Uh, <laughs> if I can't, I'll wait and go later, a post-secondary meal later on in the night or the day. Um, you know what? We actually, uh, my parents were in town from South Dakota uh, the first 19 days of the month, and we had a Thanksgiving dinner last Sunday with them. Nice. So we're not doing the full Monty tomorrow, but I can make a mean steak on the grill so we're going steaks, lobster tails, probably a little mac and cheese, you know, just to do a little alternative thing on a Thursday. So we're going to get after it and uh, get the weekend set the right way. All right. Well, Saturday night in the swamp, 730. Tell the audience where they can find these. If, if they're not in the, uh, don't have an affiliate in their town, where they can find the seminal broadcast with you and bar none. Yeah. Best way is uh, download the FSU game day app free to download. You can listen to us. Wherever you go, if you're at, if you're doing Thanksgiving leftovers, you're traveling, you're at the house, you're at the store, you're in the car, you can listen to us wherever you go. Obviously, we're, we've got a statewide network uh, affiliates and all the, the places you need to have them. Um, so we're, we're uh, fired up, you know, looking forward to it. Uh, on the air at 4.30 on a Saturday afternoon from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. We'll have a great broadcast. We're going to be in Charlotte next week for the ACC title game. So we will be looking to go 13-0, uh, and 0, get to the college football playoff. And I'm thoroughly convinced you guys win the next two, unless they win 10-7 to 7 both weeks, they're going to the playoffs. So get your get your tickets booked because we're going to the playoffs, boys and girls. And uh, Tate Rodemaker is going to do a great job. The team's going to do a great job. And Jeff Colhane, you, you and Barnett will do a great job on the broadcast as well Saturday night. So thanks for the time, sir. Have a great Thanksgiving with the family, and let's get another roll, no win here in Gainesville Saturday night. Yeah, that sounds good. Jason, great talking to you as always. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and go Knowles. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.